Hey guys, this is episode three of Fun Your Future podcast, and today we're going to be talking assets, um, portfolio management, where I have my assets, and basically where I think the assets are going to excel in the future, and then where I'm going to stay away from, a few things like that. It's going to be a kind of a more technical episode, so if uh, you want to write it down, pen and paper. If you're going to follow any of these things, do make sure you do your own due diligence. It's for entertainment purposes. But um, I guess we'll just dive right into it. First, I guess I'm going to start with the assets I like and then why I like them. And then I'll go into the ones I don't like. And then I'll start kind of getting into specifically what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I think that might be the best way to go about it. Getting right into the assets I like. Um, they're pretty traditional. There's nothing that's going to blow you away here. But the first asset is real estate and being completely transparent i don't have any real estate yet the market's absolutely crazy and it's not a good time to be a beginner in this market so i'm kind of holding off for now but real estate's definitely probably the number one asset for a few reasons um it produces three streams of income i guess you would say you could you get cash flow you get appreciation and then you get the tax write-offs and the tax write-offs you have huge benefits because you can write off the full amount of the building when only putting a down payment of 15 20 percent or whatever you put down even if you put down five percent so if the building's worth 10 million dollars and you only put down 20 percent two million dollars you get to write off 10 million dollars against your income which is obviously massive and will help you in the long run and then it also appreciates at a $10 million clip. So like if you put in $2 million and the, the price appreciates 2% per year, it appreciates on the $10 million, not on the $2 million. So that's another obviously massive benefit. And there's the cash flow, the monthly cash flow. You hear Grant Cardone say cash is trash, cash is trash. You should get cash flow. I kind of agree with him that cash flow definitely if you want to retire and you want to do the things you want cash flow is definitely one of the biggest reasons you can um i'll get kind of more into where that fits into my portfolio future later but i'm just gonna briefly go over the assets i like so the next one is i like are etfs i don't hold any individual stocks anymore just because i don't think that's for me i like to just kind of set it and forget it so ETFs, mutual funds are even fine. At Canada, our ETFs are a little better. In the States, they have better mutual fund options, but you have to be a little more experienced to know what mutual fund option you're picking. But either way, I have ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds. That's just like a conglomerate of stocks. Like it follows the S&P 500 or follows the NASDAQ or follows the TSX, the Toronto Stock Market. Um, basically mimics the, mimics the market. If the market goes up, it's going to go up. And generally the market goes up 10, 11% per year. And also right now with inflation running at a gazillion percent a year, it's kind of a hedge against inflation because you own the companies that take advantage of inflation. Like you own Walmart, you own Amazon, you own the companies that are going that are their products are going up because of inflation therefore their stock price is going to go up and their their valuation is going to go up so you it's kind of somewhat a hedge against inflation so right now it's definitely a good time to have an etf instead of an individual stock where it kind of holds a little more risk that i'm just not willing to put into that part of my portfolio um the third thing i like and this is um recent after thousands of hours of uh 
education and reading everything I can and listening to everything I could, it sounds like, um, because I've been so skeptical of it, but crypto is something I've recently been like, okay, you know what, I think it's time I get some of this into my portfolio, so crypto is something that I'm starting to like, and I don't mean the Dogecoin or the Shiba Inu, that's, if you think you're going to become rich off that or that's going to work out, it's not going to, so I'm not talking that, but you know, with everything coming out, like the future, the metaverse, all these different projects, it's pretty obvious that the blockchain's here to stay. So Ethereum and Bitcoin are the two. I'm 50, they're 50-50 for me. I, I like both of them the same amount. I think they will definitely have a future in our economy and then especially different economies, people that absolutely ruin their do- dollar with inflation. I think Bitcoin's like a fresh start. They can use Bitcoin as their new payment method and adopt it. So I and I don't see why they wouldn't. So I definitely see an opportunity there too. And I still see 10x, 20x opportunity. It's uh, it's a massive co- like they're massive market caps obviously already, but I still think it's the start of the market. I think it's 2002 for the internet right now for um cryptocurrency. So there's those two, there's a few other ones. There's Solana, there's Cardano, but um I just stick with the two cuz I don't want to go look into every single one and every single one's use. I kind of want to be a little more hands-off. So that's crypto. And my fourth one is cash. Um, Obviously, you don't want to hold too much cash, but you don't want to hold no cash just in case something happens. So I kind of got to find a happy medium, but you should have cash in your portfolio. Um, The percentage is kind of iffy of where you are in your life, how much risk you want to take. So I'm going to get into how much cash I hold after this. So I'll kind of get into the two assets I don't like, and I already kind of mentioned one of them. Um, terrible crypto investments. I have written down here, obviously, that's not an investment. That should be, like, if you have, like, Doge or Shiba or, like, any of those meme coins or meme MFT, NFTs or anything like that, that should just be part of your gambling. Like, don't consider that part of your actual portfolio. Just... Put it in the gambling section. It's fine if you want to have it. If it's a small part of your world, just keep it in the gambling. It's the same as betting on your favorite NFL team to win on the weekend or betting on a player to score a touchdown. Like It might happen. It might not, but it's so unpredictable. You have no idea. So just keep it in your gambling and don't consider it a real investment. And then the second asset I don't like, and this is actually a recent change for me, I used to love precious metals um gold silver platinum and i had like five percent of them in my portfolio but then you kind of dig deeper into it and you're like ah this kind of isn't a good investment especially for a young guy like you might be missing out on so many gains in the stock market just by what keeping five ten percent of that in precious metals like over the last five years yeah they've done good they've been going up like 20 percent per year they've been doing very good if you look at the five-year chart but if you go back to the 10-year chart they average between negative 1% and 1%. So it's like they haven't even appreciated since 2012. And then other than that, and that's on the ETFs. And you could buy the physical version, which is like kind of cool. You have some gold in your house. But you buy the physical version and you buy the ounce at 100% ounce worth. At the, like 100% of the ounce is worth. So if the ounce is worth $2,500, you buy it for $2,500. But you can't sell that immediately for $2,500. You sell it at a 90% clip. So you're immediately losing 10% of your investment because people only buy it at 90%. So it's very difficult. Like 
it's like, would you put money into a stock if you knew the second you put it in, you're basically going to lose 10% when you try to sell it? So that's kind of why I'm staying away from it. Also, just being young, you have 46 years of appreciation if you're, you know, 19. You have 45 years if you're 20. Like, if the stock market, if you put money in now and the stock and keep putting money in and the stock market doesn't go up by the time you retire at 65, the world's probably going to end. Like, the world's probably over. So. You might as well just do that, and then if it doesn't work out, you know, that you probably have bigger problems than just the stock market. There's probably, the world's probably on fire and back to the ice age. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the two assets I definitely don't like. And then now I'll just get into my actual portfolio and my asset allocation and what I want to do in the future. So I'll start with my assets, and then from there I'll get into where I'm planning to go. So... My asset allocation, this is kind of, I'm looking uh, 11 months into the future, it would be now, but I'm looking 11 months into the future, and this is what my portfolio is going to look like, because I'm kind of, I got a chunk of money, and instead of just putting it all in at once, especially right now in a volatile time, I know it's better to just lump sum invest, so I lump sum invested about half of it, and then I'm going to dollar cost average in the rest, and then this is what my portfolio well, principal, what I put in will look like by January 1st of next year, by the end of this year. So I'm going to use that because it's a lot more balanced. We got a bonus at work near the end of the year. So I kind of put in half of that and then I'm dollar cost averaging it in so I don't have it all in at once. So um, my asset allocation is I'm going to have 21% cash, which uh, I think is like a decent number. It's probably not too high, too low. Um, it's kind of right in the middle. You know, you don't want to hold 40% cash, especially during massive inflationary times like this. Because if you hold 40% cash, you know, your money is losing its value and its buying power by like whatever percent per year. Probably double digit inflation. I know they're not reporting that, but probably double digit inflation per year. So your money's just losing value every year by just storing it in the bank. So you don't want to have too much cash. Even. 21% cash I don't love like I would like to get it under 10 eventually and you know sit there but I think 21% is good for now and then you see where you go from there um I have multiple ETFs probably eight ETFs that about 10% of my portfolio is international ETFs and then I live in Canada so I have 30% Canadian ETFs and those pay out a good dividend like 2.5%, 3%, which is a good dividend. They have a decent average. It's a lot less it's a lot less tech and kind of more blue chip banks, things like that. And then I own three American ETFs which take up 60% of my portfolio. One is called a Nasdaq 60, so that's kind of the 60 biggest tech companies. That's probably the most risky ETF I have. It's, you know, it's the Tesla, it's the Apple, it's the Microsoft. It's it's 60 tech companies basically I, I don't know the exact ticker right now but and then I have an S&P 500 one and then I have a total market one and then my international 10% is just a total market index for the entire world basically it's through Vanguard um, so yeah my ETFs take up a total of 69% of my portfolio and that's what they'll take up I, I know it's a massive amount but it's kind of you know, I have my TFSA maxed out. I maxed that out on the on January 1st. And then I'm dollar cost averaging in the rest. And this is kind of also including my future real estate. So, you know, it's at 69, 70%. It'll be at by the end of the year. But 
I don't want my life to be 70% ETFs. You know, I eventually want to get it to my retirement and then have a little, but the money that's in my, not in my retirement, which is my TFSA, that money's going to be taken out most likely or a decent amount of it to buy my first rental property. And I'd rather have it there and have the risk of losing a few bucks um, than have it in the bank and you know i'm definitely losing a few bucks because of inflation and i don't know how long it's going to be maybe it'll be one two years till i buy my first rental property so i think it's a decent timeline so that's where i'm putting my money and then i'll pull it out from there when i want to buy my first property um and then 10 percent, which is the end of my portfolio is going to be crypto and that crypto is 50 50 ethereum and bitcoin um, this is super new for me. I did not ever think I was going to be a crypto holder. But, you know, you look into it. The more you look into it, the more you look into it. It's like, oh, this is the future. And even if it's not the future, uh, the risk you the risk you hold not holding it is much greater than the risk you have holding it. What I mean by that is there were studies done that big firms, if you had 6% crypto or Bitcoin in your portfolio, specifically Bitcoin, it increased your gain by 67% or something like that. It's like, so it's like you hold a greater risk, not holding any crypto. And I had that about 6%, but I already have so much in my ETFs and I already have a lot of cash. I said, you know what? I'll just go to 10. And you know, if this money goes to zero, which I doubt it will, if this money goes to zero, it's fine. Um, it's not a huge part of my world, but it's enough that I have enough skin in the game that if crypto has one of those 10 X runs, I have 10% of my portfolio in there and I'm going to take those gains of that huge 10x run up. Um, And honestly, the more you look at it, I do believe it's the future. Like I do believe Ethereum is going to be on the biggest blockchain currency and I believe Bitcoin is definitely going to be used as a currency. So I do believe in those two projects. I was thinking about getting into a little Cardano, but I like 50-50 Ethereum Bitcoin for now and um, I'm also dollar cost averaging that in because... I don't know enough to buy, to lump sum buy on January 1st. So I'm lump sum investing that. And then by the end of the year, January 1st or December 31st, I'll have 10% crypto. If you're looking to buy crypto in Canada, I'll leave a link in the description for Newton Crypto. Newton Crypto has the lowest fees in Canada. They claim to have the lowest fees in Canada. And there's no withdrawal fees or no deposit fees. So it's definitely the best app in Canada to buy your crypto at the lowest price. They're located in Toronto, Canada, and I use them. I'll leave a link in the description and check them out. You'll get a free $25 if you deposit $100 and buy crypto with $100. Back to the program. And other than that, it's kind of getting into my future plans, and I kind of actually already went into a decent amount of them. I obviously... um, made it clear I want to get into real estate you know there's some specific ways I want to get into real estate um I definitely want real estate to be a big part of my portfolio and when I say big I I mean may possibly half like I want 50% of my portfolio I think to be real estate but I'm not going to do it traditionally where you buy you know 5% down live in it or 20% down um I want a one-to-what one-to-one debt-to-equity ratio meaning if I own a million dollars worth of real estate, I want to have $500,000 worth of equity just because I'm pretty, I don't love risk and I don't, um, it'll worry me to have so little equity in a building, even though that they're so pretty low risk, you know, I still want to have a one-to-one debt, debt, uh, equity ratio. And 
you know, I think that's a good number. You hear your Dave Ramsey say, buy a cash, buy a cash. That's like, okay, I, I don't want to buy a cash. That's, you know, that because then you're not taking advantage of the full benefits. You're not taking advantage of the tax write-offs. You're not taking advantage of um, the appreciation with little money in the deal. You're not taking advantage of a few of the things. So I, but then you hear the people say, put 5% in and just live in it for a year and then roll over into the next deal and then you're gonna have no equity and that's just that just doesn't sit right like it might be that might be the way to do it the, the best way to do it if you like risk but I don't like that much risk so my plan is just you know buy real estate put 50% down one-to-one debt to equity ratio um, and I think I don't know if that's the optimal way to do it but that's the optimal way for me to feel secure and for me to make the most money it might not be the way to make the most money might not be the way for me to feel the most secure, but it's right in the middle of those two. So that's why I like the one-to-one debt-to-equity ratio, even two-to-one, but I think one-to-one's good. And then kind of getting into where I want my ETFs to look, I want my ETFs to make up 25 to 30% of my total portfolio. Um, TFSA obviously is going to be $6,000 a year. That's retirement, never going to be touched. And then the rest of that, you know, I'll put into other ETFs. I'm not going to buy individual stocks. I just don't have the time and I don't, again, don't love risk. I'm okay with my 11%, 12% gains per year if I pick the right ETFs. Um, and yeah, so 25, 30% into ETFs. Cash, I'd love to get down, you know, to 10 to 15%. I, like I want my cash flow to hit the point where I don't need to have tons of cash. I just want cash on the sidelines just in case, like, mostly for a buying opportunity. You know, if you get to the point where your net worth's a million dollars or your portfolio is a million dollars, 10% cash is a hundred grand. That's a hundred thousand dollars. It's not working for you. That could be making, you know, 11%, that's $11,000 a year. And then that's going to roll and it's going to roll and could turn into millions. But I think 10% a decent number and, you know, 15% eventually, I want to like slowly move down. So I'm going to be at 21 and then hopefully I'll move down to 18 and 17 and then Eventually, I want to get down to 10 and then even possibly lower than 10 if my cash flow is right. If my cash flow from real estate is bringing in a certain amount, I don't have to hold that much cash because I'm going to have cash every couple of weeks coming in or at the end of every month coming in. Um, and then the last one's crypto. Crypto, I want 10% of my portfolio, basically. I'll adjust probably like if crypto does have a 10x run, I don't know if I'm going to completely adjust, but just down back to 10% and sell it because then you have to pay taxes on that. But Bearing one of those massive 10x run-ups, I think 10% of my portfolio is probably a good amount, and that's where I'd like it to stay. Even though that might be too much to ask, you know, you never know crypto might go down 80%, and then it's only 2% of my portfolio, or go up five times, and then it's 30, 40% of my portfolio. So, you know, it's hard to predict, but in a perfect world, 10%, if it goes up, I'll probably just leave it and then just build up on my other investments and not continue to buy crypto and then work I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull money out of crypto to get debt back down to 10% I'm gonna buy into ETFs hold more cash hold more real estate to make those higher so that you know the crypto's 10% so that's that's kind of where I'm looking for my portfolio to go I'm sure possibly it'll change I'm sure I'll do a few of these in the future but you know it's kind of documenting where I think I'm gonna go um, again everybody do your own due diligence if you're gonna follow any of these this is entertainment purposes only. And yeah, that's this episode. I'm sorry if it was super technical and nerdy. The next one I'll try to 
be a more laid back episode, kind of like episode two, you know, what you're doing in your 20s, something along those lines. And yeah, I'll try and be more laid back and less technical. I kind of want to do both of those and appeal to both demographics. So thanks. Peace.